I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. I received a message from a parent asking how they could best deal with a particular friendship issue in her young child's class. I have spoken previously about friendships on this podcast a number of times, and those episodes are available in the archives. If you scroll back through the list of episodes, you'll find one on friendships. I think it's a two-parter, so part one and two will be there. I think there's also one about friendships in teenagers. Um, But in those episodes, I was speaking quite broadly about children's friendships. This question is more specific and something that I thought would be interesting to explore in some detail here. This parent described a conversation with their young child who, when asked about who they played with that day in school and what their friend X, let's call them, and what about them, the parent had said, oh, what about X, for example, the child said, oh, X isn't my friend anymore. The story went on that this child had cut out their friend as the friend had left them out of an earlier activity. The parent in question had immediately tried to use wondering and empathy to advocate for the friend in a bid to promote repair in the friendship, but this had only served to irritate their own child, and now they were reflecting and wondering on how they might have approached this differently. Relational aggression, for that is indeed what we are talking about here, can take us parents by surprise when we see it evidenced in young children's friendships. In reality, children as young as three years old can and do explore patterns of social exclusion, ending friendships, rejecting a little pal. They do this, and research in this area points to relational aggression being more common in girls' friendships than boys, but it does occur for children of any gender. Girls, generally speaking, are more verbally expressive and tend to be a little more socially advanced at a younger age than their other gendered peers. But as such, what can be described as when you often hear this phrase, you know, mean girl behavior, it's actually better described as mean child because I don't think that is exclusively um, girl gendered. I think it can happen with any gender. Those kind of tactics, though, they do overpresent in girls at primary school age. Generally speaking, there will always be an exception to the rule. Relational aggression tends to increase then as children grow and how it looks and sounds can also intensify with the impact of exclusion or ostracization. Gosh, that's hard to say. Ostracization um, can leave significant emotional wounds on teenagers and even preteens as well, because the, the sort of stakes in friendship change at those ages. So the impact of exclusion, especially because at that age, um, our, ch- our children's friends are their important hub of social development. So those wounds can emotionally cut deeper, so to speak. And for this reason, it's worth pausing to flag the almost innocent declarations that our young children utter. You're not my friend anymore. And not jumping in to rescue and fix the situation, but sit in the feeling with our young children and display openness and curiosity about how they feel and they how they imagine the other child to feel and wonder how this might be approached in a few different ways to encourage and strengthen problem solving and critical thinking skills and of course the capacity for empathy. 
by putting it on them to wonder, you're not going to be accused as happened with this parent and child of, oh, you're taking the other child's side. You don't care. You think I mean you won't get that because you're putting the I let you be curious. You're going to encourage that from your child. But relational aggression in young children tends towards more mini or microaggressions, we might say. You know, perhaps you're not my friend one day, but the next day, you know, I've forgotten all about the previous day's events and you are my friend again. It's also why I said in other episodes, don't get over-involved in young children's friendships because the issue then between parents will linger a lot longer and even a lot louder than it does with the children who move on quicker, generally speaking. Now, it doesn't mean it's casual. It doesn't you know, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter because it can lead to confusion for the child who is sometimes in and sometimes out and never quite sure how they can anticipate the behavior of the excluding child. Oh, you weren't my friend yesterday, but you are today. I don't know how I can anticipate tomorrow. And that can leave me uncertain and confused and worried and maybe even a little anxious about it. So it can lead to, you know, all of those states which are basically heightened anticipation. I might even seemingly fixate on the other child and ruminate about what mood they might be in and how they're going to feel and I might be trying to read them or please them or appease them in order to control the mood and the associated behavior in that child. So what can and mostly is a hurtful misunderstanding between young children who are still finding their way in friendships and working out who is or is not like them, who does or does not suit them in terms of friendship compatibility, it can become more overt bullying in older children whereby that ostracization of one child by another or one child inciting others to exclude a child in a more conscious and targeted way is indeed bullying and needs to be treated seriously and quickly as such. And I think it's also why when our young, young children say things like they're not my friend, that we shouldn't just dismiss it. Now, I don't think we should make a big song and dance about it either and blow it out of proportion, but we should sit and be curious about it and want to better understand it. Because these forms of social exclusion you know, and or we might call it bullying, can be more subtle to the observing parent or teacher. So when we do catch a glimpse of it, catch it is what we must do. You know, they're not always obvious and overt. You know, if you see a child physically pushing or hitting another, that's something you see overtly, strongly. Hey, don't do that. No hurting, no hitting, whatever it might be. But this other stuff can be more subtle and therefore go on a bit longer. Now, all of that said, stay out of certainty and judgment. It only serves to shut down the conversation and your child will feel misunderstood by you, as happened in this case of the parent who wrote to me. Rather hold that all important inquisitive stance that you've heard me mention before. And instead, you're going to wonder. First, Wonder how your own child felt in the story that they've recounted and how they're feeling now about it. Wonder if they are happy with how they're feeling or if they wish they felt differently. Now what might help them get to that other feeling? Then you can wonder how the other child might have felt, but ideally invite this to come from your child rather than you telling them how you imagine the other child felt. Only go there if your child is giving you absolutely nothing. You could even role play out the scene without judgment, excuse me, 
Without judgment, you want to do that, of course, and to help you both to better understand what's happened in a more experiential way. And let's be honest, that's how children learn best, especially our really young children. It will be easier for them to gain another perspective or deepen their understanding by playing it out with their little small world, little mini dolls house characters than sitting and talking about it because children learn by doing rather than saying. But aside from this, and without needing to wait for a specific scenario to arise, parent with kindness. Always parent with kindness. Promoting kindness as an action rather than an ideal is really important. And it's never too early to start that. Because within this framework, you can talk about, play about and explore inclusivity, diversity and empathy. Show kindness for your children and let them see you treat and speak about yourself with kindness too. Ask them about what kindness they show themselves and others each day. And be fully present, engaged and interested in their answer. Because when we're interested in our children, it teaches them that they're interesting. And then share your own act of kindness. This is how I showed kindness to myself today and this is how I showed kindness to others. Share that as an exchange every day. Get books that talk about kindness and there are many of these books out there. So do some research or go to a lovely dedicated children's bookstore and speak to the experts in children's books who work there and they really are experts. And look at the, you know, you could also look at the lovely catalogs that Children's Books Ireland compile with books for all ages and they've broken those down into different themes and categories. So there's lots of resources that you can explore before you commit to particular books. Personally, I really like the book Kind. It's written by Alison Green and the pictures are done by Axel Scheffler. And you'll all know Gruffalo and many, many other books that Axel Scheffler does. So it's a lovely book. But I also really like a book called Every Little Kindness. And that's by Marta Batol. Um, I'm going to spell that because I don't think I've pronounced it particularly clearly. So it's B-A-R-T-O-L-J. And it's just such a lovely book. It talks about how the effects really, and it's done more through pictures than words, the effects of one kind act being paid forward, being paid forward, being paid forward by multiple people and seeing about kindness spreading in the community. And they're just two examples. But a book I've also mentioned before, and I always return to because I think it's first of all, the illustrations are beautiful, but the words are lovely too. And there's a lovely rhyme and rhythm to it is The Tree by the Sea by Debbie Deegan. And the illustrations are done by Brona Lee. But it talks about treating our environment with kindness. And there are, you know, it subtly highlights the importance of taking care of animals and our environment and wildlife. And I think that's just such a lovely message. You could also make a kindness jar that you can sit and write out lots of, and they should be small, very doable acts of kindness on colored notelets. Fill the jar and each week you're going to choose one to practice together. You could also color code them in a way that the pink ones are every day, the yellow ones are every week and the green ones are the bigger once in a while ones. You can do it that way as well. But basically, however you approach it, promoting kindness in a meaningful way helps to build empathy and also compassion for others and the world we live in. And if you ever feel confused about kindness and compassion, because I think we use those words interchangeably, but they are different things. Think about it in this way. Empathy is feeling with people. 
Whereas showing compassion is feeling about something or someone. So empathy is feeling with and compassion is feeling about. Both matter. And playful, persistent parenting with both kindness and compassion absolutely helps to address the microaggressions becoming bigger aggressions as our children grow. The other thought that I had about this one was about how important it is that our children get to see us modeling repair following relational rupture. Again, I have spoken about rupture and repair on this podcast before, and I flag it now again as it's really helpful to see how themes overlap in child development and playful parenting. So something you've heard in a previous episode, you can go, oh, I could apply that here. That's really what I want. But if your children see you squabbling as adults, make sure they see you make up as well. If they squabble with each other, encourage and focus more on the making up than the squabble itself. And when you have gotten cross with them or maybe they've been acting out against you, initiate the repair yourself to show them that your relationship matters more than the row and your relationship is stronger than the row. These are really important relational lessons that they can then carry forward into their own friendships and find their way back from those relational aggressions of you're not my friend anymore to instead say my feelings are hurt and I need to play pause with you until I feel better. Always promote how our children can handle and respond to these situations rather than simply critiquing how they're struggling to handle it. And don't dismiss relational aggression as not having a role in early development. It does. And opening up playful, curious and empathic discussions and reflections about it when they're really young will serve you all well in the now and certainly in the future. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-minute parenting.